0: All right, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, and I'm your host. Today is episode 61. Before I dive into today's episode, I wanted to thank you all for finding my show. Here at Toasty Kettle, we're all about food history. So make sure you check us out at ToastyKettle.com to find other episodes that I've done, and also some interesting vintage recipes from the 1700s and the 1800s are posted there as well. As always, if you like what you heard, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. It's always much appreciated. Now, growing up, cereal was a huge treat. My parents wanted us to always have a balanced breakfast, and they were also budget conscious. So as a result... We had an endless supply of porridge and oatmeal, and I hated both of those. I would often just eat leftovers from dinner the night before. Every Christmas, one of our popular traditions that we had as kids is that mom and dad would put one of those teeny tiny little boxes of cereal in our Christmas stocking. It was their way to keep us fed and busy while they got some extra sleep. As a kid, I would always longed for the sugary, colorful cereal that I'd see advertised during cartoons in the summer. I remember going to my grandma's house growing up, and she always had a selection of cereals that was fun to choose from, and it sure beat oatmeal and porridge. And it was an amazing moment in time. I could enjoy as much Apple Jacks as I could stomach, And Grandma also had a special drawer in her basement that had Happy Meal toys and cereal box toys that had accumulated over the years. She really knew the way to my heart as a child with McDonald's and cereal. There were rare moments when visiting Grandma over the summer, if I was super lucky, I'd get to open a fresh box of cereal from the store. And that meant the prize was still inside. Finally, I was able to experience what the kids and the cereal ads got to experience. Amazing sugary cereal and a fun (laughs) price. Could childhood get any better? If you haven't put two and two together yet, today is all about cereal. So grab your favorite box of cereal, your spoon, some milk, and let's dig in. As always, we have to go back in time and start at the beginning to really understand where we're at today with breakfast cereal. Breakfast cereal as we know it today got its start in the mid-1800s. James Caleb Jackson ran a medical sanitarium in western New York. He was religiously conservative and was also vegetarian. He created a breakfast cereal from whole wheat dough, and once the dough dried, he was able to break it into pieces. These chunks of cereal were so hard, they had to be soaked in milk overnight. And he called it granola, not granola. It's granola, but with a U instead of an O. So granola. John Harvey Kellogg uh, iterated on this idea. Kellogg was a physician in a health spa in Michigan, and he made his own version of the cereal and called it granola. So finally, someone had some common sense. One of Kellogg's former patients, C.W. Post, took the same idea and created grape nuts. That's one we still see on the shelves today. John Kellogg and his brother, Will Kellogg, continued to work on cereal. Instead of dense chunks of wheat cereal, they developed a way to make a flaked cereal. They called this creation cornflakes. C.W. Post didn't want to be outdone by the Kellogg brothers, so he decided to develop his own own version of the cornflake. And this was the first major competition to cornflakes. And I seriously laughed when I saw the name of their cornflake competitor. Kellogg stuck with something original and descriptive, cornflakes, right? You know exactly what you're getting, flakes of corn. <laughs> Post decided to name their product, Elijah's Manna. Obviously, these cereal companies had strong conservative religious roots, but this pushed things a little too far. And a number of religious groups got very loud about Post's choice of names for their product. Finally, Post caved to the pressure and the protesting and renamed the product Post Toasties. Much better. In 1910, the Quaker Oats Company purchased a process for putting rice under tremendous pressure and causing it to explode. They applied the process to rice as well as wheat, and the result was puffed rice and puffed wheat that we enjoy in our cereal today. Who here likes Wheaties? (laughs) Anyone out there like Wheaties? Have you ever wondered how this cereal came to be? Well, in the 1920s, a health worker spilled some wheat bran on a hot stove, and this fortunate or unfortunate accident, depending on your personal view of Wheaties, produced a cereal that is still selling today. And maybe you've wondered where the tagline or the slogan, Breakfast of Champions, came from. I initially thought it had to do with professional sports or the Olympics because That's how it's always been uh, thrown around in in my youth growing up and even today. But it actually got its start with a minor league baseball team in Minnesota in the 1930s. You almost couldn't get more obscure if you tried. (laughs) However, that catchphrase stuck, and it's still used to market Wheaties today. I guess what they say is true. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The 1940s brought us Cherry Oats. Someone in marketing realized their missed opportunity and quickly renamed the product Cheerios. That was a real hit in the cereal cereal world. And it's become the best-selling and most popular cereal in America. They created $1 billion in sales in 2015. Honey Nut Cheerios were introduced by General Mills in 1979 and are by far the most popular brand of Cheerios. Fun fact, my son just ate Honey Nut Cheerios the other day for his very first time, and he loved them. I told him that they were coated in sugar. For days, he was avoiding them. Finally, I said, try it. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. And he realized that it's basically like eating candy. Those things are very sweet. After World War II, it didn't take long for life to get back to semi-normal. The baby boom was on and parents needed something healthy, or at least had an image of healthy, to feed to their kids. Kellogg's had the perfect solution. Let's take cornflakes and douse them in a bunch of sugar and put in a bowl with some milk. That's what this growing population needs, right? Frosted Flakes and their dutiful spokesman, Tony the Tiger, were born. To this point, I've mentioned cereals that you can still find on shelves today. However, the 1960s brought us one that I hadn't heard of before, Quisp. Quisp was produced by Quaker during the 1960s. Quisp was a pink skinned alien that fought his nemesis Quake in a series of commercials. It was very popular and has been revived periodically over the years. This was a sweetened cereal similar to Captain Crunch. Let's talk about those prizes that you get in cereal or used to get. And what really sparked the idea for this episode is I was in the store the other day and I was walking down the the cereal aisle and looking at the different options that were there. And I saw that they're starting to include prizes again in the box. And I thought that was intriguing. Made me feel like a kid again, and I'm not going to lie. It made me want to buy the box of cereal. Gotta get that prize. Kellogg's was the first cereal brand to include a prize with the purchase of cereal. In 1909, customers were given the funny Jungle Moving Pictures book when they bought two boxes of cornflakes. This promotion was a huge success. By 1912, Kellogg's distributed 2.5 million copies of the Jungle Land books. That's a lot of cereal in three years. It didn't take long for all of the other serial producers to follow Kellogg's example. Over the years, serial producers had promotions that highlighted Star Trek, The Beatles, Ghostbusters, G.I. Joe, and more. They would offer candy, iron-on patches, small toys, offers for shirts or jerseys, memorabilia. One of the more bizarre offers I saw was in a 1974 Uh, box of Cheerios. They offered a terrarium for moms that came complete with dirt and plant, and all you had to do was show proof of purchase and pay a small fee. Other cereals also offered terrariums in the 70s, so it must have been a thing. With the Cheerios offer, you also got a mystery garden for kids, which just had some plants in there. You water them, and you get to see what you end up with. One of the coolest prizes that I personally uh, can remember came in 1996. Chex released the game Chex Quest. It was a non-violent first-person shooter based on the popular and much more violent game Doom. A team of developers was hired with a small budget of $500,000. Uh, they got a cheap license for Doom because uh, the software company that had produced Doom had moved on to their next venture, felt it was outdated, so. They basically reskinned Doom to be Check's Quest, and I didn't get my copy in a cereal box, but I did get it from a friend, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, the result was an average consumer could get a game that was high quality and valued around thirty bucks for no additional cost, and it didn't raise the price of Check cereal. So pretty interesting. And you can still download a newer version of Check's Quest on their website. It's still free and it now supports multiplayer. It's on Steam so if you're a gamer and like Steam, make sure you check it out. So, I always love walking down the cereal aisle. Again, like I said, that's what sparked the idea for this episode. There are a lot of crazy cereals out there today. A lot of crazy uncolorful options, a lot of sweet options, a lot of quote-unquote, healthy options. Some of these cereals are amazing, and others just don't pan out. And that isn't unique to today. (laughs) Through the past several decades, we've seen some crazy cereals come and go. In the 1980s, Nerd cereal was a thing. It came in two, technically four flavors, but two different flavored boxes. Each box had two flavors. They were divided just like the box of candy that you have down the middle. So it was a very interesting option. There had an advertising slogan, which side are you going to eat first? Urkel O's were a thing in the 1990s. You know the show Family Matters with the famous, the one and only Steve Urkel. And this was a complete dud as far as cereal goes. Family Matters ran on air between 1989 and 1998. The cereal didn't even make it one year before it was yanked off of shelves. Sprinkle Spangles was another cereal of the 1990s. It was sugar cookie flavored cereal in star shapes with sprinkles. What's not to like, right? It was produced by General Mills and had a genie as a mascot. However, people complained that the cereal was too sweet. It was eventually discontinued. After Lion King came out, someone had a brilliant idea of a new breakfast cereal. Kellogg's produced a chocolate cereal with bug-shaped marshmallows. The name? Mud and Bugs. Kellogg's had a nice mix of odd cereals. Another one that they launched in 1978 was called Crunchy Logs. They featured a beaver mascot named Bixby, and the logs were sweetened corn and oat pieces. Grins and Smiles and Giggles and Laughs was another interesting cereal. It's also a mouthful. You had four characters, Grins, Smiles, Giggles, and Laughs. It was a crunchy cereal that smiles back at you. The TV commercials were apparently quite the production. The characters would try to make a robot laugh, and if it laughed, it would spit up boxes of cereal. That debuted in 1976. Some other interesting-sounding options were Freakies, produced in 1973. Wackies were made in 1960s. Bill and Ted were able to get Bill and Ted's excellent cereal. Mr. T hit shelves as a breakfast cereal in 1984. Crazy Cow cereal came on the scene in the 1970s. It was chocolate balls coated in drink mix that turned the milk sweet. 7-Eleven sold crusty which was an exclusive cereal in 2007 uh, to promote the Simpsons movie. In the 1960s, Kellogg's produced OK's. Their mascot was a burly Scotsman, He looks very scary. (laughs) Not a fan of that. The box looks crazy and weird. Yogi Bear later became the OK's mascot. It was cereal that had O and K shapes. (laughs) Very creative, I know. Fruit Brute and Fruity Mummy... Sorry, I'm going to start that one over. Fruit Brute and Fruity Yummy Mummy were monster-themed cereals released by General Mills along with Frankenberry, uh, Count Chocula, and... Booberry, and I'd love to see these make a Halloween comeback like those others. Post introduced Corn Cracks in 1967. It was sweetened cereal made from corn, oat, and soy flour. Powdered donuts were introduced all the way back in 1928. I just had a variation of this a few months back when I purchased a box of Hostess powdered sugar donut cereal, and that was really good. One of my favorite cereals I've had in a long time. So what's the craziest cereal you've tried? I was talking with a friend about doing an episode on cereal and he mentioned that there's a restaurant here in town that is actually all about cereal. Sure enough, there are now restaurants that cater to cereal lovers. They boast a wide selection of cereals and flavored milks to wake up everyone's inner child. I'm going to wrap up today with a few fun facts about cereal. Again, If you like what you heard, make sure you leave a five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to continue the conversation on cereal on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Toasty Kettle. I'd love to hear from you. The word cereal is derived from Ceres or Ceres, the Roman goddess of harvest and agriculture. March 7th is National Cereal Day. 50% of Americans start their day with cereal. The cereal industry uses 816 million pounds of cereal each year. Americans consume 101 pounds or 160 bowls of cereal each year. And this next fact sounds like I spent a little too much time reading the back of a cereal box, but the mascot for Cap'n Crunch is Horatio Magellan Crunch, and his place of birth is Crunch Island, in the Sea of Milk. Over 2.7 billion packages of cereal are sold each year. Well, again, that's all I have for today. Thanks for hanging out with me. I hope you learned something about cereal. Until next week.